0: Welcome to Telling the Tale, a podcast where I, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, am your host, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dustin
1: Jackson. Hi, Dustin. Hi, Mitch. I'm here. I'm filled with a hot dish, and I'm ready to go. Dustin, what do we do on this podcast? We talk about uh, Telltale Games, episodes of Telltale Games, I think.
0: Yeah, I love experimenting with how we get that across in the opening. Today, you did it.
1: I, I hope I'm not getting it confused with my other podcast.
0: No, this is the one. This is the Telltale one. Okay, good. Over the course of the entirety of this podcast, we will try to cover every single game that Telltale ever developed, which, of course, means that we need to cover their singular new IP. Telltale Texas Hold'em is technically an IP, but there's you can't really build off it.
1: Yeah, it's it's more just kind of a one-shot thing rather than a full thing. Yeah. And this one's a two-shot thing.
0: <laughs> Nelson Tether's Puzzle Agent is its own game. It's its own world. It's Telltale from the ground up. It's nothing else.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. I I, I was really looking forward to playing this. It's, it's one of the few Telltale games that kind of... Uh, uh, slipped past me back in the day, but I've always kind of wanted to go back to it. I don't know why I never did. Um, I guess just life. Life sure. getting in the way.
0: Yeah. Um, I've played this first one. I've not played the second one.
1: Oh, that'll, that's exciting.
0: Yeah. I remember being very... Because th- this first one ends on a cliffhanger. And I remember being very hung up on, like, ooh, what happens? And then I never learned it. (laughs) so (laughs) It's been uh, 11 years, so I guess I wasn't so hung up on it that it impacted (laughs) my life uh, enough to play Puzzle Agent 2. But for a while, I was pretty wondery about it. And now we finally get to play it, so I'm I'm really excited for next week. Um, But Dustin... I can't tell if it's just because hey, we played something that's not a point and click adventure game. But <laughs> I was I was over the moon excited to play through these puzzles.
1: Yeah, it's something different. Um this this is the first one since Telltale Texas. Isn't it interesting that the two that are their own IPs are the ones that are not point and click adventures?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I um telltale games really just does two genres mostly they do point-and-click adventures before walking dead and they do narrative choice games after walking dead and their two (laughs) original ips are very much neither of those things um although they 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 did sort of make a little bit of a home for themselves within uh within poker later on but this is wholly unique within their repertoire uh, not wholly unique within video games as a whole, though. Uh, I I think the immediate comparison that the gameplay of Nelson Tether's Puzzle Agent um, evokes is to Professor Layton. Have you played the Professor Layton games?
1: I have not. I'm sorry to say. But I I know what they are. I I I've seen them. I've, I've... witnessed. Yeah. Professor Layton.
0: They're good. I've, I've played the first, uh, like, the original trilogy. There's two trilogies of Professor Layton games, just like um, how Star Wars was. I guess not how it is. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: <laughs> but uh, I, I played the original trilogy of that. I didn't keep playing. Mostly because it's kind of... Uh, I like the games, but they are mm-hmm. all sort of the same at a point.
1: It's just puzzles upon puzzles.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just puzzle on puzzle on puzzle, and, uh, like, the, the story that the game tells is also a mystery, and maybe this is a hot take, but I feel that the only good mystery in the Professor Layton series is the first game, mm. um, where, like, other games in the series, it's like, what happened? Oh, well, here's the explanation. It was a gas leak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's not, like, a mystery.
1: <laughs> it's, it's nothing cool. Like, technically it was a mystery you solved, but it's not like there's a good end result to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Well, thank you, Justin. It's, if,
1: if that's how you feel, I'll stop making them.
0: I've been shouldering this burden for too long, and I'm glad that you're now understanding what I've been going through.
1: Yeah, I appreciate the constructive criticism. The next uh, Professor Layton game will do away with all of that.
0: Yeah, and can you make this one a little less horny, please?
1: Well, I well we'll see.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, so do you want to describe the the plot outline of this game? Actually, hang on. You will. I'll give it to you, but first let's just cover a couple things. Okay. Uh, release date June thirtieth, two thousand ten. I always write this down, and I always forget to say it. (laughs) Uh, The release date was June 30th, 2010, making this game um, just over 11 years old at the moment. That's not
1: too long ago in the grand scheme of things. Like, I feel like everything else has felt older than this.
0: Yeah, and I I felt that same way playing the game, too. Strong Bad and uh, Season 2 of Salmon Max felt... uh, like you could see the age on them, and I can't tell if it's just because this game is so stylized, but Strong Bad is stylized too. You really, I can't see the age on this as much. Um, I guess
1: it's just because it's two D rather than three D. I think two uh, D animation and artwork just has a tendency to look less aged than three D does. Yeah, but it, it's it, had it's had the time to age.
0: A lot of it is 3D, though. Um, yeah,
1: but it's stylized in a way that makes it look 2D. I didn't even realize a lot of those backgrounds were 3D for a long time. And mm. when I did, I was like, whoa!
0: <laughs> yeah, that was that was my reaction, too. I was like, whoa! <laughs>
1: That's
0: how I it was. Um, it's based on the Grickle series of comics, Although not in the same way that Bone is based on the Bone series of comics, where it literally adapts a story, Grickle is uh, an absurdist, sort of surrealist comic that has no, like, through lines with its plot. It's just a style. The, The thing that connects Grickle comics are just the artistic style. So this is a game in that style. Um... It's hard to say whether you would consider that an adaptation or not. I would edge on saying, no, it's not an adaptation.
1: That yeah, means. because it really is just kind of the art style to it. It would be no different from... Uh, like, if The Simpsons and Futurama were the same universe, which some argue it is, but... <laughs> y- y- you know, you get it. Like, Yeah. They're two separate things that exist that look the same, but they're not directly connected.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're not yellow, so I feel like they're not.
1: Yeah, but they had a crossover episode. They had an episode where they just go back in time to The Simpsons, and and it's not played off as, like, an alternate universe or anything because they, like, walk by New York from Futurama, and they, like, see Fry's dog, and it's a mess. It sucks, but, <laughs> you know, that's... That,
0: <laughs> yeah, I can tell how you it hated it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it ain't great. I love Futurama, and... Uh, and I love early Simpsons, ne- but neither are here nor there. We're here to talk about Puzzle Agent.
0: Okay. Um, so Grickle's made by Graham Annabelle. Uh, I feel like Grickle might be his name in some way, um, but the ick part is new. Uh, Graham Annabelle is an artist at Telltale. He's at the company. He's not, like, contracting or licensing or anything. He's He's at the company. In fact, I believe that Telltale Games on their website sold the the collected works of Grickle as as a book you could like buy for delivery um, at one point, even though it's they had no business in the creation of it.
1: It's kind of like uh, Sam and Max at LucasArts, how Steve Purcell was already at LucasArts. Um, exactly, yeah. Cool.
0: And the designer of this game, the lead designer director guy, Was Mark Darren, who we've seen quite a bit of already.
1: We've seen him here and there.
0: We've seen him in uh, *Sam and Max*. We've seen him in *Strong Bad*. He's really making the rounds. Um, An important thing to note about being released in June thirtieth of two thousand ten is that we are now in the podcast committing our very first major time skip. Uh, We might do it again a couple times, but this is two years after the end of strong bad
1: here's to another lousy millennium
0: oh i don't want one <laughs>
1: um
0: yeah so this is two years after strong bad in the meantime between uh strong bad and this there were things like um uh, wallace and gromit and i think sam and Mac season three um i'm not monkey island when was was Monkey Island not?
1: 2011. Monkey, bef- Monkey Island was before Salmon Max season three. Okay, at yeah.
0: Least. Then, then Monkey Island was before this. I don't know if Salmon Max season three was before this. Actually, in retrospect, um, but having Monkey Island be before this is, I think, notable because Monkey Island felt like Telltale, and we will get to it when we get to it on the podcast. But it felt to me like Telltale finally got a real shot making, like, a big boy adventure game. Uh, I
1: think that's fair to say. Like, even Season 2 of Sam & Max, it was still kind of... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say low-key, but it did feel more uh, silly. You know, it is a more episodic, cartoony-type game, but Tales of Monkey Island had kind of a big story to it. Yeah,
0: Monkey, uh, Monkey Island has always been very... Uh, at least compared to Sam and Max, I think a big difference in their tones is that Monkey Island might be more gameplay-focused, where Sam and Max is about a world and a tone and things like that. Uh, Monkey Island certainly does have a very interesting world and tone, but it's also an adventure game in the genre through and through. It's focused on the puzzles. It's focused on what you do with the... um, the items and places you're given to work with Sam and Max's is about talking to people and embodying a character in a space. Right. Uh, so with Telltale getting to do a Monkey Island game, it suddenly it felt like, wow, these people are really actually finally doing a, a an adventure game that doesn't really need any excuses like, strong bads is a strong bads cool game is an adaptation of a children's cartoon on the internet it doesn't need to be that hard it just needs to tell stories yeah uh and then monkey island finally did it so this thing coming out i feel like it's almost them saying okay look we did it we like we did point and click adventure games now we're just gonna do what we've been thinking about <laughs> just our <laughs> our our next little uh endeavor A nice little puzzle game. It is cool. It's a cool game. Yeah.
1: Uh, I like it a lot.
0: Yeah, I really like it. Uh, Now, Dustin, I I apologize for cutting you off with that. Uh, Would you please give us the outline of the plot for this game?
1: I would love to. So we follow Nelson Tethers. Um, He's sitting in in his office. uh, Great office. Doing his... Yeah, it's <laughs>
0: I love this office. I would I would die to have this office. This office is great.
1: It's great. I love it. Um, but he is sent to um, oh, what's the name of the place he's sent to? I didn't write it down. Scoggins. Scoggins. That's it. Um, to investigate, there was an accident at the eraser factory. Yeah, and, and so he's sent to look into it.
0: Um, what is MN? What state is MN? Is that Minnesota?
1: Minnesota, yeah.
0: Okay, so it, Scoggins, Minnesota is the home to the eraser factory that makes all of the White House's erasers. Um, and, uh-oh, the White House is starting to maybe experience a little bit of an eraser shortage. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you need to go and in, in investigate, like, what happened. What what happened to this factory? Why aren't they making the president's erasers? Um, which is, I, I think, a, a delightfully telltale conceit as to why the episode needs to begin.
1: Yeah, it's it's very, uh... It, it's a convoluted sort of story. Like, there's, there's a reason behind all of it. There's, uh... And it, it's, like, a motivation that you just wouldn't see in any other type of game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and this is... Um, I, I love these, like, convoluted ways to get an adventure started. Like, oh, the president doesn't have enough erasers? Oof, we gotta figure that out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get on this right now.
0: That needs to be dealt with. Uh, <laughs> well, before that, though... Um, you have a daydream. Nelson Tethers has a daydream on his desk that uh, he's doing a crossword puzzle, and then an astronaut comes up to him and scrawls the word Scoggins across the crossword puzzle and then opens his helmet and reveals something inside and and you don't see what's inside the astronaut helmet. Um good vibes, just just great vibes from the get go. Yeah, I don't know if it sounds like
1: something he's gonna enjoy.
0: yeah uh i don't know if there's an intro to a telltale episode that i like more than just this creepy astronaut writing a crossword puzzle um or writing on a crossword puzzle that 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 might be my favorite opening of a telltale episode so far
1: it's (laughs) it's so good wow that's some high praise
0: i like it i like astronauts did you see the inspiration (laughs) for crew
1: thing did you see I, that? I did not. I did not.
0: The first uh, civilian crew of astronauts went into orbit for a couple days and they, they came back. Oh,
1: I did see that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. One of them was only 29 years old. The youngest person ever to be in space.
1: That's younger than me and I've never been in space.
0: It's a little older than me, so I still have some time and I'm I'll probably <laughs> get around to it. Just, you know just i have a couple years now instead you got this
1: whole podcast going on yeah i mean i should
0: be there i should be there (laughs) 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 but uh you know stuff comes up um i'll I'll talk i'll talk about nasa forever though i I like space um i think something that's immediately apparent with this game is that it's just fun to look at
1: yeah i love the style of it it immediately makes me want to check out uh the grickle comics
0: yeah what's weird about it is that it is 2d like the comics uh so it's like paper mario where the the characters and important items are drawn as 2d sprites but you have it against a uh a 3d background yeah but they
1: do a great job of making the backgrounds look 2d like they fit in uh with the characters which I guess is good practice for like Walking Dead coming up where like everything's going to have like outlines yeah. and they really they really put in the work to make it look like illustrations. Well, I thought
0: about that with Strong Bad, too, because everyone had outlines in that. And yeah, uh, that Strong was Bad's another good example. That was their first example of like trying to mimic um, 2D art for a 3D game. Although that one still very obviously comes across that it is t- uh, 3D. Yeah. And that's probably because they have to make the characters walk around. With Nelson Tethers, you you don't have to have him walk around. He's just standing still in a place and you can click on various items and it like starts a new scene.
1: Uh, you know, I wonder if this had come out before Strong Bad, if Strong Bad just would have been... 2d animated that's what i was thinking yeah yeah it just would have looked just like the cartoons
0: well it it would be it would be difficult because strong bad is still a game designed to have characters to have strong bad walk around on the screen Mm -hmm. and there's nothing like that in this game um you nelson tethers cannot walk around you it's not a point and click Nelson Tethers is just in a room, and then you click on some item in the room, but he doesn't go to it. Um, and that difference is significant. Because if you had to have mm-hmm. Nelson Tethers walk around, you couldn't just animate a walk cycle in 2D and just put that in 3D. That'll never look right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I mean, people do do it. The game Demon Turf is coming out pretty soon, which does it. But, like... With that game, it's very clear what they're doing. They're not trying to trick you at all into thinking it's 2D, where this game kind of does.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. Do you think it would work if the backgrounds like stayed static? Like if if you think about like old um point and click LucasArts games like the Monkey Island games or like Curse of Monkey Island specifically, I think they could do it if like you know, like, where you're looking at it from doesn't move or anything. You just see it from the one static angle. So it looks 2D. I I feel like they could have pulled it off like that, but it would have been a, a little tricky.
0: I think they could do it. I just I just think that it would involve developing a lot new of new tech that this game doesn't have to think about. Yeah, this um, feels
1: like it's meant to be, like, a smaller... Kind of a smaller kind of game, because it is just one thing, but it is longer than an average Telltale game episode.
0: Yeah, but weirdly not, like, by so much.
1: Yeah, you you were telling me about it the other day, and I thought it was going to be, like, a lot longer, but no, it's, it's only, like, a little bit.
0: Yeah, if the average, I don't know, three hours has been around where I've been playing most of the previous episodes we've talked about on the show, um... At least for like season two of Strong of Salmon Max and Strong Bad. Um, this, if that, if those were three hours, this is four. Yeah. Um, so really only like one third longer. It's not that much longer. Um, although it was talked about in the news, in the gaming news, as Ooh. being Telltale's first non episodic game although that wasn't true because of, uh, Texas Hold'em, and also CSI, um, but it was talked about, like, hey, we're doing our own thing, and it's just one game, it's not episodes, and it's gonna come out and be crazy, uh, so much so that I'm reading this article from April the 23rd of 2010, so a couple months before the game originally came out, um, it it was on joystick.com. Joystick with an IQ at the end. Joystick I remember joystick. It is now on Engadget.com because Joystick folded and all of its articles are on ngadget. Uh, it was written by R Nelson and is entitled Skalkin's Eraser Mystery Deepens as Telltale Delivers Erasers and IPODS.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> the first <laughs> the first paragraph of this article is Telltale Games continued its teasing of what would appear to be its um, upcoming original IP called or related to the phrase Scoggins Erasers today by sending us a box filled with erasers and an iPod Touch (laughs) (laughs) labeled Made in Scoggins, Minnesota, Contains Scoggins Erasers, and Top Secret. The package we received was open to reveal another small box marked top secret inside this 10 large pink erasers which we removed exposing an ipod touch <laughs> uh which is that's a flex for the time that like just sending various uh high profile gaming news outlets ipod touches is not cheap <laughs> those are yeah multiple in 2010 that's like an expense
1: I mean, nowadays when everyone has phones, it's it like iPod touches don't seem like that big a deal. But at the time, they were, yeah, a flex. Yeah, I mean, it was it's a whole computer. <laughs> it's a whole <laughs> computer you just sent someone. That's a, yeah. I I totally forgot that Puzzle Agent was on iOS.
0: Yeah, it was. I definitely did not play it there. I played it on PC.
1: Me neither. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> I honestly, I don't want to.
1: But <laughs> I th- I thought about it. I th- I looked on the uh, app store after I was done. Apparently it looked like the first one is not up there. So maybe I got it wrong. Maybe it wasn't on iOS, but the second one is there.
0: Oh, interesting. I don't know why that would be the case. I think both of them are currently owned by the new Telltale. Yeah. Um, which is one of the few things that we've played so far that is because Salmon Max is owned by Skunk Ape. And strong bad no strong bad is owned by the new Telltale as well, yeah. And bone just folded. I don't think anyone owns it. I think it like returned to the 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 artist the the comic creator.
1: Yeah, I I feel like I would have expected the same thing to happen to strong bad, but I guess not. Oh, and especially Monkey Island now that Disney owns it.
0: Yeah, I, I think they just still have whatever they worked out with Disney or LucasArts in order to get Monkey Island going in the first place is probably just like people they individually know and can still work with. Uh which is yeah. nice. That it's nice that they have or that I guess this is extrapolation. So it's nice that they might have uh just like a a, a person they can personally call about Monkey Island.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, either that or Disney's just easier to work with when it comes to these LucasArts properties. Like, maybe they just don't care that much. I mean, they did okay those remasters that Double Fine did for them. So maybe, yeah, maybe all Telltale had to do was like reach out and say, hey, we want to get these, we want to get Tales of Monkey Island back up. Is that cool? And then they said, yeah, sure, go for it.
0: Yeah. Disney's had such a hard time working with the Lucas brand for Star Wars, but for things like Monkey Island and um you know Full Throttle and Grim Fandango and all the other ones that Double Fine would eventually take up it seems that they're just sort of excited to have someone work with them and if the only competition that makes sense to for like who should work with it is the original creators why not give it back to the original creators
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah uh, so it seems weird that Disney's all Right with it, but maybe that's just also financially the smartest move for them. Um, uh, because it's not like Monkey Island's gonna make money on its own just under them.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're like, Yeah, who cares? Just get it out there, get us some more money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: r- right. So, <laughs> this iPod that they gave to Joystick, um, said. <laughs> It, it had a an FBI seal with the text Department of Puzzle Research on the lock screen and then there was like some notes saved on it that said something is wrong in Scoggins, uh, Minnesota. And it had like an, uh, a Scoggins briefing on the calendar uh, and it had a, a video saved of... <laughs> a, a very funny video saved of a... a a gnome a grickle gnome just drawn onto a like a live action warehouse footage video (laughs) i love that yeah it looks like ooh scary but also (laughs) it's pretty silly looking um there's there's some photos in the apps or or, uh, the the photo app has some like concept art uh, with more gnomes and stuff um so <laughs> the, what what a fun what, what a fun little iPod. Now, here's a weird thing though. <laughs> um this this iPod was sent to joystick. On the back of it engraved it says if found do not sell to Gizmodo. <laughs> which which is a very different website than Joystick. That's uh, funny. Which I I think was at the time there might have been um a, a leak incident at gizmodo Uh, Mm. uh, and they're poking fun at that but like you could you sent it to joystick you should engrave it with joystick (laughs) yeah uh anyway that that's That's, a fun thing that they did
1: that's so cool that they do it for a game like this Like, you know, if if they did it for something like Sam & Max or Strong Bad, it would be cool. But the fact that it was done for this new original IP, I think, is a lot cooler.
0: Yeah, LucasArts always experimented with packaging and with marketing and things like that in a very fun and cool way um, that you don't see too often anymore, mostly because... It's inefficient. Like, it, you can't possibly <laughs> expect to make your money back. But you do make the game feel like a big event. Um, yeah,
1: you make it fun. Yeah.
0: Rare does that, too, sometimes. Uh, in, in a way that I almost forgot they did, because it, it had been so long since they did, like, one of their major tent tentpole adventure-type games before Sea of Thieves, that when mm-hmm. Sea of Thieves came out, and they were putting all this, uh, like, marketing that felt really expensive and significant um do you remember the quest for the golden banana
1: yeah i wanted to do it but i was too busy at the time but uh it sounded like a real fun thing i
0: was doing it by texting some people my thoughts on some clues while i was the best man at a wedding (laughs) (laughs) uh i was just texting our friends jeff and hile uh like oh maybe it's a cipher you gotta use a (laughs) whatever (laughs) and like i was just sort of like checking my phone put it back in my pocket give a ring out to someone here you go anyway yeah yeah so you're married anyway these fucking bananas
1: (laughs) (laughs) what a good story that's my that's probably my favorite story you've told
0: uh (laughs) because <laughs> it, 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 it was the day Sea of Thieves came out so I didn't get to play it for a few days after it came out um, because I was at this wedding but I could play the quest for the golden banana where they put out literally around the world they hid clues uh, like there was one in the beaches of Australia there was one uh, in, in, in the Florida Keys there was one near TwyCross, of course uh, and then, like, the world needed to work together in order to solve this larger puzzle. Um, That's
1: so crazy that that can just happen.
0: Right? Yeah. The, the, Something like
1: that would never happen, and yet there it is.
0: Yeah, and, and the people that solved it, uh, like, the last part of it first ended up getting a cosmetic in Sea of Thieves that would only be there's like forever only four people have it i think total
1: that's crazy
0: yeah and also they got a real actual golden banana
1: (laughs) wow jeez. well i'm i'm glad the people at joystick got an ipod touch at least yeah that's
0: similar (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah uh loom when they were at at lucasarts uh looms was was mostly directed by Brian Moriarty, who never worked for Telltale. But um, uh, the packaging on Loom is insane. Have you ever seen any of that stuff? I haven't. They had a they had a, a cassette in there that was like a half hour audio drama of backstory to the game.
1: That's crazy. I love that.
0: Yeah. And it, it it came with like this uh, this large cipher for um, the you, you know, the, the copy protection that all of those games had that makes them impossible mm-hmm. to roM. <laughs> um, yeah, that stuff is that stuff's just great. If you can do something like actually very special and not just a, a marketing gimmick, like pre-order bonuses get a special costume. like'm I'm, I'm a sucker for that stuff like really yeah, it, lovingly crafted packaging and
1: and stuff. Same, it it happens a lot less nowadays.
0: Yeah, the the Telltale games were sort of a uh the last living modern vestige of that. But then even toward the end Telltale went mostly all digital uh with their stuff even though they did sometimes put out discs of the season. That was uh, that was sort of the end of that. You don't get stuff like the dossiers for Sam and Max anymore, after. or
1: the or the season DVDs that have like cutscene reels, commentaries from the developers on them, like all sorts of crap on those.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You don't get any of that, but you definitely don't get it with Nelson Tether's Puzzle Agent. <laughs> um, definitely which not. I thought definitely wouldn't have had a physical release. You know, a game this small in 2010, we're already past the indie boom, so people, like, understand digital games. Yeah. Um, no, it got, like it. It got even... a physical
1: release. It did get a physical it release? Did. It got a oh, CD-ROM release. Wow, nice.
0: Yeah, I wonder what's on it other than the game. If I bet it's just the game, but...
1: Probably. Like, that's one of those things that, like, there's really no reason to have it. But it would be cool, just yeah. because it's just the one-shot Telltale thing.
0: Uh, we've talked for over a half hour without actually talking about the plot of the game. but uh...
1: <laughs> I, I said a little bit. Yeah,
0: you did. Uh, yeah, so, so the Eraser Factory. You gotta go check out that. And then you get to Skoggins, and it's a real Fargo-esque Twin Peaks type of situation. It's a mysterious town, mysterious folks. Covered in snow. Covered in snow. They've got a lot of previously established traditions uh, with the townsfolk, and you, uh, a hotshot FBI agent, need to go in there and wheedle out what's actually really happening, and and who's on what team. You know how how much do the townsfolk folk actually know? Um, in regards to what happened at the factory. You go to the factory, you find out there was an explosion and that the uh, the, the foreman there uh Eric Davener? Yeah. Is his name Eric? I I know his last name's Davener.
1: Yeah, I remember the Davener part. Maybe it's not Eric. That or maybe it is.
0: Yeah, I I'm call I think I called him Eric because he's a foreman eric foreman from that seventy show <laughs> um but but he wasn't found after the explosion so the the assumption for most of the episode is like oh this guy died in this explosion there's there's something going on here that is significant there's there's an attempted murder perhaps there's um you know foul play on behalf of p- the, some of the town's folks um and as you find out throughout the episode... Isaac Davner. Isaac Davner, you're right. You're, you're totally right. Sorry
1: to interrupt, but it's Isaac, yeah.
0: Oh, no problem. I, I, I'm glad you did. <laughs> um, throughout the episode, you get more and more clues that there's this group of spirits that live in the forest called the Hidden People. They're little gnomes. They're like red gnome people. And they... Are are quasi worshipped or feared by some of the more Nordic, um, Nordic heritage respecting townsfolk. They they have like a uh, a cultish religion about like it. Bjorn. Bjorn is in there. Glory I almost, is in there.
1: I was this close to saying Bjork. <laughs> like Bjork
0: is there. Bjork makes a guest appearance.
1: <laughs> That'd be great. That would be awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um and it turns in it, it turns into like a a, a big who done it um when the guy that I think the people that did do it tried to to pin it on Mike Lobb was found to be innocent um it became more mysterious and then all of a sudden you you're realizing that you Nelson tethers um, are actively being tricked by the sheriff who's guiding you around, who seems to have been in on it in some way. And Isaac Daffner is not dead. He's just being held captive in the factory. He's still in there um, by the hidden people.
1: You gotta get him out of there.
0: And every step of the way, every time you talk to a new person or look at a new item... You need to do a puzzle. Um, <laughs> the 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 I think they've they've looped the puzzle gameplay into the narrative by explaining that well, a Nelson Tethers is a puzzle agent of the FBI. His department is the uh, Bureau of Puzzle Research, <laughs> and B. The uh, the hidden people of Scoggins, Minnesota, are like puzzle fiends. They make people want to do puzzles. Um, with... I
1: love doing puzzles even without this. Yeah, without I love doing game. puzzles
0: without this. Um, which which makes me wonder am I being impacted by the hidden people as is?
1: Oh my goodness. That's the real mystery.
0: Yeah. It's something to think about. Something to chew on. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> the, the, there, there's a lot of like bending over backwards in the story in order to make sense that you are solving all of these puzzles. Um, which is fine,
1: <laughs> yeah it works
0: yeah it, it works it's it's clear that it's um, contrived, but I think it it wears that on its sleeve it's it's okay with that
1: yeah it's not doing it in like a taking the piss out of itself kind of way. It's not like making fun of the fact that uh, you're doing all these puzzles uh, but it's it's just kind of the way things are in this world
0: yeah um. There's a moment where you are being um, threatened with a with the the sheriff's gun. He's about to shoot you, and then he notices a, a like a crossword hanging out of your your pocket that you were solving earlier that day. And Nelson Tethers, who is good at puzzles and likes them, but just likes them, is able to throw the crossword away. Uh the the sheriff who's been. I guess influenced by the hidden people uh, is unable to not just leap for this puzzle and uh, be distracted by it long enough for Nelson to escape the the room they're in.
1: He is all over that crossword puzzle. And they don't really spell it out. Um, They kind of leave it up to you to figure out that this town, these people, they love them some puzzles.
0: They love them. They love them some puzzling. (laughs) <laughs> um, this game has 37 puzzles in it which is that's a lot well I was going to say it's not actually
1: oh okay <laughs> but
0: we can maybe you can talk about that you, you think that's a lot
1: Um, I think it's a lot just when you consider uh, other Telltale games I guess it's not when you think about like this as its own thing yeah, especially since the puzzles vary in difficulty so much. Yeah, I like I I think some uh, puzzles some puzzles are more difficult than others, but some are pretty easy.
0: A iPod Touch delivering game like this. The, <laughs> you know, that that quality of game that we're all familiar with, iPod Touch quality. <laughs> um you'd think that it would have more in it sort of um if it's its own game it's not an episode of a thing um it it was not clear if they would do puzzle agent 2 that they were putting this much marketing into it it did seem like a big deal at the time it wasn't like a like a small one of their games it was the next one of their telltale games um right that it seems very small to me um like, maybe they, f- I, I'm sure it's not actually this, but I, I could imagine some, like, ill-tempered forum members or something saying that Telltale had forgotten how to make a full-length game and not an episode of something at the time. Something, that's something mean like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's with, something real mean. Something just real spicy. Um, you
1: look, you read that and you go, ah!
0: <gasps> yeah. Telltale forgots what a, what a video game is. That's it's rude. Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess like back in the day, I already said I didn't play it when it came out, but back then it still kind of felt like a smaller game to me, anyway. And I think that's kind of what I went into it thinking this time too. So maybe it just didn't bother. Maybe I was expecting it to just be even smaller. Uh, but from the way you describe it with like the marketing and uh, the push they did for it, uh, maybe it, they were kind of pushing it as this bigger sort of thing. But t- to me, it always came across as a smaller thing, but from the outside looking in.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was smaller for sure than things like, um, like the new season of Salmon Max, the new Monkey Island. Those things are bigger, definitely. Yeah. Those things were, were bigger at the time. And are actually bigger. So th- that makes sense. Um, but in terms of like... How much are we going to promote this Wallets and grommet game? Versus this? It's about on the level. Um, yeah. It- it's-, it's about that. And that was four episodes of a point and click adventure game. And this is one game that is maybe the length of one and a half of these. But a little less than that. Even one and a half yeah episodes.
1: um i think this world and these characters are so charming like there's just something about the way they look the way they sound th- this is just a charming game yeah yeah I, th- I think it helps that the subject matter is like it it's kind of heavy you have like murders and stuff or supposed murders and conspiracies and stuff but it feels like it's uh, not small, but, like, just the setting, just these characters, just the way it is feels very, I don't know if cozy is the right word I'm looking for.
0: But I, kinda. I, I feel that, though, it is, it is kind of cozy. Yeah, um, I, I
1: think a lot of it is the setting, just the, uh, I, I've always liked this sort of snowy landscape, the yeah. kind that's very soft- very, like you have very muted purples for the sky. It it feels like it's winter, but not like the coldest winter.
0: Right. It does feel cold, but it, it's cold in a way that like there is there's a lodge to stay in. There's a yeah, there's stuff to do. There's there's ways to warm yourself up. Um, Twin Peaks is is probably my favorite show of all time. Um, wow. And. The story of this game is is basically a parody of Twin Peaks, um, down to FBI agent comes to small town to investigate mystery that turns out to be supernatural, and uh, you're accompanied by the sheriff for a bit. The Twin Peaks sheriff is not a bad guy like the sheriff in this game is. Um,
1: I love the voice of this sheriff. I, I didn't look up who did his oh, voice, yeah, it's good. but it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he, he kind of talks. A, he kind of talks a little like this. Like it, it, it's not really an accent. I feel like other characters have stronger accents, but it is definitely a very unique sound.
0: Well, it's it's a. I mean, it's a Fargo accent, but it's yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, it it's unique. It's a unique idea. Uh, he he's also really condescending to you all the time, <laughs> making fun of like your college degrees and everything else that people in this small northern town probably wouldn't have had, I guess. We're I not, guess we're not like you
1: city folk.
0: Now, Mr. Tethers, we're not fancy like you, and I guess that's why we, you
1: make the big bucks, huh? <laughs> that's so condescending. Yeah. <laughs> like it, It's like a compliment, but in a way that you can't enjoy it as a compliment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it turns out, you know, the reason he's shitty is because they're gearing him up to be the bad guy, or at least one of the bad guys. Yeah, um, I get. Do how much do we want to go over specifics of what happens?
1: Um, we can go into some specifics. I mean, I feel like we kind of have to a little bit.
0: Sure. Okay. Um. Uh, so davner's wife is glory who is the waitress at the at the diner uh that is open pretty much all day and is a weird central hub of single men in the area it seems (laughs) Uh, i like
1: how all the all of the guys look exactly the same
0: (laughs) yeah all of the guys who aren't like you the sheriff or an interesting named character uh we yeah, the same I, like I, blue coat and hat.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of the opposite of uh you know, I I don't know how much I want to get into this, but you know how there's a lot of things that are like uh, oh, all the all the men get to have crazy out there designs, but all the ladies have to look have to be very similar, they have to be very like conventionally a- sure. attractive. Yeah. Uh this is kind of the opposite where like all of the guys kind of have the same base model and then all of the females which is only like a couple, but still, they ha- all have very <laughs> unique designs.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know how progressive it is if <laughs> the pool. Yeah, I, is only two. I, <laughs> There's only. Yeah, two I'm, I'm not. I'm not humbled. saying
1: there was like any sort of. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know if it was done on purpose or anything. It's just kind of funny how it worked out.
0: Um. So it turns out that glory is part of this, um. Basically, fraternal brotherhood of hidden people believers. And they sacrificed Isaac Davner, her husband, as an offering to the hidden people in order to sedate them.
1: Glory is very interesting to me because, like, she's on Bored. She's like, she's helping yeah. this happen, but like, you can tell she doesn't want it to happen. She's very, uh, she's very apologetic for it. Yeah. I mean, it's like,
0: maybe it's like paying for a medical procedure where it's like, man, this is so much money, but, uh, it's got to happen. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Uh, she
0: has to sacrifice her husband to the hidden people. Of course, you have to. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing what happens with her since it doesn't really wrap up things with her.
0: No, she tries to kill you. She tricks you into entering a um, like a like a lake top fishing house, and then cuts mm-hmm. the ice below you out
1: with a chainsaw. With a
0: chainsaw.
1: How crazy is that?
0: It's pretty crazy. Uh, here's the thing, though. It would float. <laughs> like, why maybe wouldn't it's that one of those... float? The ice was already floating on top. Why would it start not floating?
1: Maybe, maybe it was one of them uh, non-floating ones.
0: Mm, the one of those.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and also, you're telling me that they built this house in the last single season. Like they built yeah. it on top of ice already. Yeah. Do you know what's going to happen to that house?
1: <laughs> That's not a good place. It for will at one
0: point house. not be frozen over. <laughs> the
1: house will just. Sink. <laughs> There's a lot to
0: think about with this this house that falls into the ice situation.
1: That that never once occurred to me. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, wow, yeah. What were they thinking? What What's going to happen after the winter? Maybe they just needed it for the one winter.
0: Now, there are some times I know of that they will pu- they will put a house like that out on a lake. But it's a, it's like on a floater thing. So when the lake unfreezes, the house is actually still floating there on the lake. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's that, then it should just still float. <laughs> it's it's frustrating to me. It's frustrating to me that this happened.
1: It doesn't add up.
0: It doesn't add up at all. This is just a, a house that... Um you are in danger of sinking within that should absolutely float 100%. And Mitch that's
1: why you get paid the big bucks. These sort of things occur to you. It never once occurred to me and you just ruin the game for me. That's why you're in charge.
0: That's why you get paid the big bucks, Mr. Tathers. <laughs> um <laughs> I've got I've, I've got just sort of a smattering of, of notes here before we head into segments. Um Same Yeah, uh, I've noticed that every puzzle you get, for every uh, submission that you turn in, it tells you how many tax dollars were spent on you solving that. Which is pretty (laughs) silly, because you just sort of thought about it for a second. It shouldn't be.
1: (laughs) It was just, uh, some of these puzzles are super easy, and and you spend so many tax dollars.
0: Every submission costs... (laughs) $75,642.98. $75,642.98. <laughs>
1: wow, there's no difference in value to these puzzles either.
0: Yeah, well, if, if you try a bunch of submissions and uh, it's it's wrong the first few times, you can really rack up some money. I found out, it tells you at the end of the game, that my total taxpayer cost altogether was 3000000 Four hundred three thousand, nine hundred thirty-four dollars and eight
1: cents. That's a lot of money, Mitch. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it.
0: It's a lot of money, but if we divide that number, let's do some quick math. Three four oh three nine three four point oh eight divided by the cost per attempt, which is seven five six. 2.98 we get that I did an average of or no, I did a total of 45 attempts throughout the game. Wow. And that's 45 divided by, we're, we're gonna keep going with the math, 37 because there are 37 puzzles in the game. I it looks like I did a an average of 1.2 attempts on every puzzle.
1: That's not too bad. I don't think it's
0: too bad. It's mainly because there was one puzzle that was um. I I feel that it was explained poorly. Which one? Um It was called the Ma of Madness. It's where you're trying to connect some electricity wiring so that you can reach the psyche of this crazed guy who just talked to a gnome outside of the uh, um, the hotel you're staying at. Right. Uh, and and the way it goes is, like, you're sending out some electrical information, and it needs to, like, go around a grid and end up at the right spot. And uh, it, it, to me, did not clearly explain that every... Um, spot needed to be filled with a thing. It did say it in in its defense. It did say that, but I it didn't say it in a way that I understood. Um, I feel
1: that. Like it did explain it but it didn't explain it as well as it could have.
0: Yeah, so I kept trying to get the electricity to go to the place and it would have gone to the place, but I didn't fill up every spot. Um I did it you could you could say I did it more efficiently than the puzzle (laughs) desired of me um
1: mitch really talking himself up really talking myself up. better i did it better than they expected yeah if you think about it i
0: wasn't wrong
1: (laughs) i don't want to say i'm a puzzle master but kind of
0: yeah there was another puzzle that was just sort of hard for me that wasn't um wasn't bad it was a fine puzzle but uh I actually don't think I took too many attempts at this because I just didn't submit it because I wasn't sure about it for a while. Uh, with the fish splitting streams, remember that one?
1: Yes, I. I that one took me a bit too.
0: Yeah, th- there's like some fish, and every time they reach a fork in a stream, they're going to a river. They split up evenly. <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. Uh, That's okay. They they split up evenly. And you need to get exactly a certain number of fish to the river. But there's two marshes that they pass. And one of the marshes has fish-eating predators in it. And one of them does it, but you don't know which one. So, like, you need to math out, like, how could it be exactly 16 fish getting to the river, no matter which marsh had the predators in it. It's a tough Mm -hmm. math problem. It's like a weirdly hard math problem in the middle of this game.
1: Yes, I, I also had trouble with that one. There's, um, yeah. there was one puzzle in particular that I felt like was kind of unfair. I don't know if it's, I, I don't know if I'm being too harsh on it, but I didn't like it. Okay. Um, and the thing is, the puzzle itself isn't that hard. It, it's just one of those ones where you kind of have to fit shapes together. It's when you're doing the uh the master gear when you have to split up the three gears into the one big gear. Oh, okay. But. My problem with it is, up until then, any sort of game where you're kind of fitting things together, everything has, like, been designed to fit perfectly together. But in this one, you have gaps in the middle of these pieces. So, like, I I don't know. To me, it felt a little... uh misleading just because up until that point those puzzles have been fairly straightforward but then this one's like you can fit them together but it doesn't need to be like a completely full thing you just have to get a shape and it at when i was doing it i was like no it has to be like a full gear shape you can't just have gaps in the middle of the shapes they got all <laughs> fit like a puzzle
0: yeah um I didn't have this problem with that particular <laughs> puzzle, but I I feel that I feel your meaning.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, overall, it's not like it's a hard puzzle, so I'm not that upset about it. But that was like the one where I was like, well, that's that's a little, I feel like could have worked a little better.
0: Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a moment where they do sort of make fun of the fact that they're doing all these puzzles and, and not take it seriously, where uh, the sheriff before he is revealed to be a bad guy gives you some surveillance footage from the factory and says now nah, these photos were taken with people walking out of the factory and uh it, now if we can just figure out which one was taken last we can uh we can find out who would know about the the explosion at the factory i mixed up the photos so we can put them back in the right order <laughs> And, uh, and Nelson Tethers goes, why? That, that's evidence. And the sheriff goes, oh, you know how it is. <laughs> Which is good. Uh, These
1: are all great characters. I enjoy them a lot.
0: Yeah, really good characters. I want to see more of the sheriff. I want to see more glory. I definitely want to see more just Nelson Tethers. Nelson Tethers himself is great. Um, yeah, I
1: love him. He's, he's a great uh, main character to follow. He is kind of an everyman, kind of meant to be the straight man to the craziness around him, but he uh, really works with it.
0: Yeah, but he's also like, if the world around him wasn't so crazy, he would stand out, I think, for being very, like, ultra reserved and nerdy with his puzzles. Yeah. Like, nerdy in an unprobable way with his puzzles. <laughs> um. I wanted to talk about the final puzzle in the game. It's sort of the final boss. It's called Hydraulic Headache. And it involves programming a list of movements for three presses that bring them to where uh, they need to be. But the thing is, if you say up, all three of them move up at the same time. Yeah. Um, I thought this was a really easy final boss, which was I a little disappointing.
1: I agree. I thought all of these, like, so you do three puzzles when you get into the uh, Eraser Factory. And I felt like all of them were pretty easy. Yeah. But that one in particular. But I, I liked it as a puzzle. I, f- I felt good that I figured it out. <laughs> it just didn't take as long as some other puzzles. But I was like, yeah, I'm good at moving these platforms. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I felt like that fish one could have been the final boss of the game. That one's <laughs> tough. That one is like an involved thing.
1: Imagine the final boss being about fish going through streams. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you, it, it, I guess it needs to be the hydraulic press one because that's what you walk on. It, so, like, it, it's, a, it's an in-fiction puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, you're I guess one way to look
1: warehouse. at it... I guess one way to look at it is... Less that that one puzzle is the final boss, but more like all three of these puzzles together are like as a gauntlet kind of a Mm. final boss. Mm -hmm. But even then, it's not like I would say any of those three are that hard. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're not. They're even together. It's not like they compound or anything. It's they're all sort of just pretty quick. Yeah.
1: I, I guess that's part of the problem where, like, the puzzles just vary in difficulty across the board. It it would feel a little better if they, like, kind of went easiest to hardest. But I guess that's really hard to do when you have to fit it in with a narrative. So, y- you know, harder than it sounds, I guess.
0: Yeah, the um, the Professor Layton games, Not not only is each one of them so much bigger than uh, Puzzle Agent with hundreds of puzzles. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the difficulty curve is better. I think on the whole I would be forced to say that Professor Layton is better, but like, I like the I like the tone of this game so much more than I like the tone of Professor Layton. It's so mm-hmm. fun and the the art style is so, so charming.
1: Yeah, I feel like I feel like, um, I feel like... At least for me, I can't speak for anyone else, but uh, I I see a lot of people online saying like, not for these adventure games, but just for games in general, that the gameplay is the most important part and that's all that matters. The rest is just like frosting. But I don't think that's true. I think you need everything else to make a, a good package overall. Like if this game had like the best puzzles ever made, but just like no window dressing, no charming characters or setting, I wouldn't like it.
0: Yeah. I, I think I'm not a
1: I'm not I I don't consider myself a big puzzle man. Um and I feel like if this game were just the puzzles and didn't have that nice art style and characters and story, I would not be as into it as I am. And I wouldn't wanna talk about it with you here right now. Uh oh. I'd be I I'd be I'd be uh, a bit miffed that I had to take time out of my day to talk about this puzzle game with you, but I'm not because I enjoyed it a lot. (laughs) I'm I'm glad I haven't miffed you. Um, (laughs) You're welcome.
0: (laughs) That's a a weird response to that. But um, yeah, I, I... I think that if there is truth to the idea of gameplay mattering more, it's 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 more complicated than that. I think it gets yeah in incorrectly peddled around because there's a a misconception of what gameplay is that I think is too narrow. Uh, mm-hmm. Like game, yeah, I I think it is definitely true that gameplay matters the most, and everything else should fall in line after that. But that would require that you really consider what is gameplay. Um, and a lot of the times they're just people online that maybe don't know what they're talking about a little bit. Are, yeah, my, um, my quick example... Quick to just say that it's mechanics, which is not what gameplay is.
1: Yeah, the example I bring up are the new Super Mario Brothers games. Like, when you play them, they're fun. They're fun little games. I could not have... I could not be less interested in playing them. I, I can get... Games that are just as fun with way more interesting characters and settings like, uh, you know, the Donkey Kong Country games, etc, etc. So I like that. I feel like I would enjoy this one more than Professor Layton as a whole. I I haven't played Professor Layton, so I can't say. But just going off of what I see of it, I feel like I enjoy Puzzle Agent more, even if uh, gameplay wise, it maybe doesn't quite match up. Uh, yeah.
0: I mean, like, there's a lot of great characters and, and wacky stuff in Professor Layton as well. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. I, that's why I don't want to shrug it off just right now. I'm just, I'm just going off of what I know of each right now.
0: Yeah. It, it, for for but, me, but I could love them. Nelson Tethers has really targeted, like, things I care about. Um, mm-hmm. like the idea of a Twin Peaks esque mystery and the, these kinds of, like, snowy American North towns and, um, also, puzzles themselves, I, I do. I am a puzzle guy, I would say. I like puzzles a lot. And mm-hmm. uh, all the puzzles here are at least interesting. I, I don't think any of them are actually fully bad. Uh, whereas yeah. Professor Layton, in its 200 ish puzzles per game, has uh, many bad puzzles. Mm-hmm. It, it is. I,
1: I guess that's something good you can say. Like, if it has fewer puzzles, that's less chances of having bad ones.
0: There's one puzzle I always think about that I think is in Professor Layton in the Diabolical Box that asks you, which of these coats does Professor Layton want to wear today? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, shows the, it shows like four different coats.
1: Jinkies, what a mystery. Yeah,
0: and like if you're actually trying to solve it like a puzzle and, and like you think about it in a, in a logical puzzle-ish way, you will not get there because it's they're just fucking coats. Like I don't know what he wants, <laughs> um, but it turns out the answer is the one whose hanger looks a little bit like a question mark, because oh, he likes
1: questions. Of course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ob totes obf.
1: Why didn't I think of that?
0: I, sh- I should have thought about it. Um, I hated it. <laughs> I hate that puzzle. And Like 90% of the game is good puzzles, I, I would say. Like they're at least things that make sense. And once you find the answer, you can like
1: check your work and you're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know what I would do if I bad. did that puzzle? If I made that puzzle? What would you do? I would present it like a real puzzle. Like have it be like something you have to do. Like you really have to think about it. But then you can just pick any of them. Who cares? It's a code. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You win no matter what you pick. Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, but I think also the puzzles in Professor Layton, uh, like the highs are higher than this. Uh, Okay. The the more complicated ones where you really need to like follow a long set of logic um, are more rewarding or at least feel more rewarding than these Mm -hmm. most of the time. Oh, you know what was my favorite puzzle in the game? I actually do have one. I thought about it. What is it? My favorite puzzle was the one where there's four contestants in an arm wrestling tournament. and they, they Oh, I like that one. They all have one thing to say, and you need to figure out who won the tournament. And um, it's two people that seem like they lost and two people that seem like they won. But if you actually like map out the bracket, you can find out that one person must have been, been beaten by someone who was also beaten and then from that you can find out that only one person would have played 3 games and one.
1: Yeah. I like that one a lot. I didn't do all of the optional ones. I feel like I did most of them, but I think there were some I missed, but that one I definitely did.
0: Uh yeah, that that one was good. Uh, so what's I, funny is my
1: favorite <sighs> puzzle is also an optional one. And it's not even, like, that good a puzzle. Like, I'm thinking about it now, and I'm like, is that my favorite? But it was the one where I felt the most, aha, I got it. Which it, one it's is the, that? It's, it's the one with all the people at the restaurant. You have to decide who find who gets what. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, it's not the <clears throat> best puzzle ever made. But when I figured it out, I was like, yes, now eat. <laughs>
0: Uh, that that one is great just because you see six people designed to look like food.
1: Yeah, that's that's great. That's like the one time you get other characters that look totally different, which is very cool.
0: Yeah. Um, I like the onion guy the most. <laughs> the guy whose head was just an onion.
1: I like the fish woman.
0: Fish woman's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: that's that's about where I'm at for, for notes. Um Um let me see let me look through my notes and see if I have anything else. I will say this game really leaves you wanting more. There's so many uh, loose ends that like like you solved the mystery at the eraser factory, but there's still uh, what happened with Isaac? What about Glory? Uh et cetera, et cetera. It has me really chomping at the bit to get to the next one.
0: Uh
1: I hope that the next one is an intended
0: end to the story. We've been burned like bone before. Um, You you
1: want this to be an actual ending rather than just ending because they didn't make more. Well,
0: yeah, because it, it seems like with this, there's definitely an intention that they would come back and make another one. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I hope to not see that intention in Puzzle Agent 2, because of course, they did not. Um,
1: yeah, I, I wonder if, like, they went in knowing this was going to be, like, one story split up into two parts.
0: Yeah, because there, there is just an, an unfortunate trend within Telltale Games of thinking that they're going to make more stuff and then never doing it. And now they can't.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I wonder if they felt a little more sure about this one, like, maybe it was more of a low-budget project sort of thing than the others. I, I mean, I'm sure it was, since it's just one small game compared to a big season. Yeah. So maybe they went in thinking, even if this first episode doesn't sell well, we should still be good enough to put out a second one.
0: What do you think the odds are that New Telltale finishes The Wolf Among Us 2 while we're doing this podcast?
1: Oh, that's a good question. We haven't heard much about that ever since the announcement. Um, I'm going to say it will be out before we finish this show. Okay. I
0: If if it starts um, as we're still doing the show, we will cover it live, I think, is what we should do. Woo! I like that. Uh, we, we should interrupt what we're doing to do the monthly Wolf Among Us 2 episode.
1: how how about this once they announce a release date for it we can jump right into doing the first season and then we'll have already done that before the second season comes out
0: yeah great that sounds good Um, nice glad i thought of it yeah i'm glad you did the the (laughs) thing the thing with that is that they announced it in e3 of 2019 the last e3
1: well
0: the last real e3 um and they've they've put out some tweets saying that they were, of course, very negatively impacted by COVID like everyone else, which is super understandable. Mm. But <laughs> <laughs> and this this is rude, but it it's super understandable, but we're coming up on the like two years of COVID. So that's still two years. Like if it's two years of, of slow work, that's like still two years of work, you know?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, like, even if it was set back by COVID, think about how all those these other Telltale games released. I feel like, given how many more episodes of this show we have to do, and how much time they've already had to work on this, I would think it's a safe bet to, that it will be out before the show is finished.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm making some assumptions on their work environment, which I don't. No. Yeah,
1: it's it's totally possible that it that we have no idea what we're talking about, and this game is going to take a lot longer. I'm I'm just going by what I would assume, and am totally open to being uh, an incorrect dummy.
0: Yeah, maybe everyone at New Telltale is only there like as a second job. Um, mm-hmm. I hope that's not the case. That would be difficult.
1: Yeah, especially during uh, COVID times.
0: Yeah. But I guess maybe it would be easier during COVID times to have an excuse to ignore your second job of saying, like, hey, you know what? I just didn't do it this week. Didn't do the work. And everyone else in the <laughs> office would be like, yeah, that that tracks. That makes sense to me. Yeah.
1: I wish <laughs> I could say that. <laughs> <laughs> just didn't feel like it. Maybe tomorrow.
0: Did not do it. Could not have gotten. It was impossible. <laughs> like, when would ah, I have done sorry. it? You've seen me the whole time. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I i i would wager we're, we're going to see it at least announced in 2022. I know that they've got like a way scaled back skills and crew of developers and were affected by COVID and are trying to, they said this time that they're trying to finish all the episodes before they release even the first episode so they don't have so to it's, crunch.
1: It's still going to be episodic.
0: It's still going to be episodic, but it's not going to be developed. Like like most of the Telltale games, they would be developing the last few episodes when the first episode comes out. So like they're right. still working on developing through the release schedule of it. And uh, New Telltale has come out and said that has always led to crunch in the in-between months of mm-hmm. episodes like every single time they've ever done it so they're not going to do it uh this right. time they are going to finish the entire game then release episode one and they're i think they're still gonna like wait a month between episodes but it's gonna be uh it's gonna be considerably more
1: Connected, healthy, i guess yeah good yeah everyone wins that way
0: yeah, I, I guess the only benefit to the other way is that like you can react to how people react to the game yeah. as it's coming out. But that uh-huh. like, like, how valuable is that now?
1: Yeah, I mean, they said specifically that they did that with Walking Dead. They would see how people would react to characters and then write the next episode based on people's reactions. But, like, I, I don't know. That's a neat little, little novelty, but I don't need it to enjoy a game
0: yeah <laughs> yeah and, and it, it can especially backfire too because like if you are imagine if the VidElectrics games in strong bad were really poorly received and then yeah. the fifth episode of the game is like all about it and then you just know it's coming as the developer and then Every, week, every month, people keep talking about how shitty the electrics games are.
1: <laughs> and you're just like, oh, Ooh. whoops.
0: <laughs> yeah, in that case, I would want to not be able to react. <laughs> I wish I didn't. <laughs> I wish it was impossible for me to change anything. Because now I would be like encouraged to work harder to t- somehow write an entirely new episode 5 in the four months between episode 1 and 5.
1: Yeah. Um. Don't. Don't worry, Telltale, we understand.
0: Any other notes?
1: Um, I think that's all I got other than our segments.
0: Okay, so this week, as the game in question doesn't really work with some of our segments, we've changed up our segments. Now we're only doing um, two. We're only doing our weekly guy, and our unweekly guy, and our golden moment. So let's start with the, the weekly guy uh dustin who's your weekly guy
1: my weekly guy this is this is an interesting one mitchell because I, I have a lot to say about this weekly choice mm-hmm. uh my choice is the owner of the inn i martha Ger- absolutely knew it <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: that is the most oh.
0: predictable choice in the in the history of the show
1: <laughs> i'm sorry
0: uh no say their name i think i cut you off from saying the name
1: um, Martha Garrett, the owner of what's the name of the inn again? It's like on the tip of my tongue.
0: Uh, I the... I couldn't remember it. I, I don't remember the hotel's name.
1: That's fine. It's it's the inn. You get it.
0: Uh, yeah, and she goes by Ma. Yeah. Yeah. She she's
1: uh, she's great. I I love her voice. Y-
0: yeah, she's got a great voice. Uh, she. <laughs> Can I say why I know. I knew that, or is that uh, is that weird?
1: No, go ahead, go ahead, Mitch. I I knew that you would pick air that. out my dirty laundry.
0: <laughs> you have made it extremely well known in the time that I've known you <laughs> <laughs> that you have you have a, a deep proclivity to a very certain style of mom. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, I have it written down in my notes. Uh, Martha Garrett is one hundred percent my cup of tea. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a a very uh, very round, jubilant maid type person is
1: that's a good way of describing it.
0: Uh, I, I think the, the peak of it is that one, like, assistant to the family in Brave.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> she...
0: <laughs> which is fantastic. I, I love that you have this, but it's so predictable.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, believe me, I know. Uh, there was a time. Where, uh, I, I'm sorry this is getting more into Dustin's, uh, personal tastes in ladies. This doesn't normally come up. Uh, but, uh, there was a time when me and my roommates were all watching, um, Mitch, you're aware of the show Bojack Horseman. Yeah. And you've seen the, you've seen the last season.
0: I've seen half of the last season. I actually have not finished the show.
1: Oh, well then maybe I won't spoil it. Maybe I'll leave that a little mystery.
0: Is there a Dustin character in it?
1: kind of
0: okay 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 kind of kind of um so doesn't doesn't quite flip all your whistles flip all your whistles yeah that's a phrase we'll do that flip
1: all my whistles yeah like they were upside down you flipped them (laughs) yep i got your whistles pointing the way they should be (laughs) um uh but yeah she's great she she has uh she has the accent which i love She's 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 the kind of person who's always like, oh yeah, no yeah yeah totally,
0: <laughs> yeah. Which
1: which which is how everyone sounds, but when you when you pair it with the rest of her, I'm like, yeah, uh, she was my weekly guy before I left that room. Again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but Mitch, who's your weekly guy? Because there's so many good weekly guys to have in this game.
0: So I, I was back and forth. I wrote something down, but then even as I was recording it just now, I crossed it out and wrote another one, but then I crossed that out and wrote the first one again. Uh, well, this
1: one was down to the
0: wire. Down to the wire. I'll, I'll tell you who the contestants are, and maybe you can help okay. me choose. Um. So one of them is the one other woman in the town of Scoggins, Glory. Uh. I, I really like how... Like deep and convoluted, her her relationship with her husband is how she like cultishly uh, worships these hidden people, and it's of of her thought process that she needs to uh, sacrifice him, even though it will emotionally destroy her, and like she's dealing with that all in the episode. And I, I think that is a very fascinating character.
1: Yeah, I, I think she's very interesting. She's the one I'm most looking forward to kind of learning more about and 2. Potentially, if they do. I, I feel like they would, but I don't know. I don't know at this point. But uh, yeah, she's great. She's interesting. But every time she talked, all I heard was uh, Clementine from The Walking Dead.
0: Oh, is that the... Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, she's Clementine. Also, girl stinky from Sam and Max.
0: You have a you have a but, much better ear for uh voice actors than I do.
1: Thank you. Yeah, you know, like even when an actor or actress is doing different roles, usually you can hear like some sort of similarity in their voice. I I think there was one other character I could pinpoint in this episode. I could be wrong, but I think the sheriff is Roger Jackson who who is a mm. regular telltale voice? Could be. He's like the guy who does Mojo Jojo, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: Uh, ooh, the sheriff in Mojo Jojo. Or that's an interesting similarity. <laughs> um, but who's your other one? The other one is Nelson Tethers himself. Um, I really like Nelson Tethers. the The idea of a puzzle agent is immediately arresting to me. Like, I want, I want to be that so much <laughs> um, it has
1: a lot of potential too like that's just like i i feel like that's a role you give a character when you're like okay well now we can just use him for any sort of puzzle we want
0: yeah it, like there, there could be an expanded universe of puzzle agent games where he goes to different towns um i don't think that is the case i think that puzzle agent 2 is a, is a direct follow-up to this story um but they could have they could have done that um,
1: yeah, that's very interesting, because even though they are two separate games, it really does feel like this first episode is just half of the story. So, yeah. like, going into two, it, it I don't feel like it's going to feel like kind of a ripoff that we're just in the same areas. It's going to feel like, okay, well, now I get to play the rest, the part two.
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I, I think that the idea of being a puzzle agent... Is so tempting that like I, man, I wish that that was a thing in real life that I could be, <laughs> uh, just someone who who does puzzles in a in a basement office in the FBI and no one like remembers that my office is down there, so people don't talk to me and I could just <laughs> that's the job.
1: What a wonderful you can job! just Do your puzzles.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe you even make some puzzles in your downtime. You'll have a lot of it.
1: Yeah, that that actually is a good idea because like. It's it's a role that's very specific, so they still need you around, but it's not so big time that you're going to be doing a lot of it. So you'll have job security for a job where you're just doing puzzles. Just whenever they need you, they'll call you up.
0: Do you have an unweekly guy?
1: Um... It's hard because they're all so nice and charming. Yeah. But for weekly unguy, I think I'm going to say. Oh hmm. Well, why don't you go first? Let's flip flop. I've I've gone first. I went first the last time. You go first for weekly unguy.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm having a real difficult time with it as well. Um I think my weekly unguy is for, for lack of anyone better, it's uh, it's Mr. Scruffman, who is a very fun character who goes around fixing stuff in the town, but just nothing is developed with Mr. Scruffman.
1: I had a feeling he was going to be a bigger part of the story, and he just isn't, but I guess that's fine. You, yeah. just, you, you just need to have some characters that are just there to kind of further things along in small ways
0: yeah because if you don't have anyone else of note then just like pinning it on the people that did it is too easy because there's no one else remaining it's a yeah there's not so many characters in this game but mr scruffman is just uh he's the only character in the game that i feel is a real missed opportunity um yeah everything else feels all right
1: yeah because like there's lots of people in the in the diner that have names and are smaller parts. But, you know, you just see them and they're just the people at the diner. Yeah. It feels like Mr. Scruffman, they wanted to have be one of these big main characters in this story. And he just doesn't do anything.
0: I feel weird saying that he's the Unweekly guy, though, because I do like him. Uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's great. Fun.
1: <laughs> he's he's fun.
0: But I think that if anyone has to get that title, it, it would be him for me.
1: Yeah, I guess I'll just I'll rip off your answer. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll copy off your homework this week, and say also him, because I wanted more of him.
0: Yeah, uh, he, and I didn't get it. At one point, he tells you that you look like a lost puppy, and then says, "Go home, puppy," and that's good.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, sorry, sorry, Scruffman. That's just the way it works sometimes.
0: They, they even hinted at like the fact that he's got this crush on Glory, and that doesn't do that doesn't go anywhere. That's that's nothing. Um, I guess we'll we'll see in Puzzle Agent 2 if it develops.
1: Yeah, I was about to say maybe they got some big plans for him, so they held off in this episode. They exercised restraint.
0: Ooh, okay. I like that, I like Mm. that. Um... (laughs) A little
1: intrigue.
0: What is your golden moment? Your favorite moment in the game?
1: Favorite moment in the game? I think just the ending. Like, I kind of ragged on it earlier saying the puzzles were pretty easy, But at the same time, each time I did one, I was like, yes, I solved that, and I am on my way to finding Isaac. And it's kind of the one part of the game where it feels like there's tension to it. Like, it feels like an exciting moment. It's the climax of the story. Um, In a a story that's mostly pretty low-key... Oh, no, you know what? I'm not going to say. I'm going to do a last-minute switch. My golden moment... Is the part with Glory and the chainsaw and trying to kill you. Okay. I felt like that was, even though there's some logistical (laughs) (laughs) problems there, I felt like that's the part where I was like, oh, why is Glory trying to do this to me? Oh, I got to get out of here fast by doing this puzzle.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But then you can take as much time as you want on the puzzle. It's not time. Yeah.
1: But I feel like the intrigue was there. I, I was wondering what was going on with Glory. I wanted to know uh, what her story was beyond what we've seen. That that's probably the part of the episode that got me the most interested in seeing where things go. So that that's why uh, the sinking building in the ice is my golden moment.
0: Uh, that's fun. I wonder. there's a there's a time in monkey island one where you get tied to a a a rock and you get thrown in the ocean and guybrush threepwood can just hold his breath for a really long time so you can just continue not worrying about timing stuff in this section (laughs) but if you wait a full 10 minutes without solving a very easy puzzle that gets you out of the water you will actually die of suffocation um and drown in monkey island a game where you can't die any other way that's just like the one thing that th- they threw it in as a joke because the idea that you die there is is pretty ridiculous yeah. uh, i wonder if you wait 10 minutes on that puzzle in the ice in, in this game um may- maybe they should just kill you <laughs> <laughs> if you spend <laughs> Look, a full like you, you didn't long do this time.
1: easy puzzle fast enough we we gave this one to you so you kind of you are
0: this. sinking in the ice so Think about it. <laughs> Have some eight, like urgency.
1: <laughs> they like shame you for taking so long? Come on. <laughs> Where's your sense
0: of immersion? You're sinking. Um,
1: <laughs> You're the bad guy in this situation.
0: <laughs> my my golden moment is the first time a gnome interferes with your puzzle. Um, that
1: was like a spooky jump scare. I was like, oh, shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because these puzzles, up to this point, you've done maybe 15 of them by now. Um, maybe a little more than that, even. And they've been treated as these walled gardens where you can play around with the, the space of the puzzle. There's never been a time limit. There's never been, like, anything moving, even. There's just been the puzzle, and then you solve it, and then come back to the real world. Right, um, and then this one time in the hotel with Ma, uh, her her stove pipe breaks. It, it, it's clearly broken by the hidden people. And one part of it, as you're trying to like put together the puzzle, is like 10 seconds into working with the puzzle, a gnome comes in and steals one of the tiles of the puzzle. And like the the idea, this is the first time you've ever seen a gnome, uh, actually. This is the first time a pu- anything ever happens with your puzzle. It like goes dark and comes back. Like it's legitimately very scary. Um, and it's yeah, it's about as scary as these funny little drawings of gnomes can be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's it's perfectly timed. It's like timed just long enough where you can kind of start thinking about the puzzle you're like uh, okay so i i kind of get it okay let's do and then and then ah a gnome
0: yeah it, it's like one of those old puzzles where the uh it, it like one of those you, you played those where you were just following a line around a screen and then suddenly it's a it's a jump scare screaming at you they, they try to get you invested in the in the puzzle of this the, uh, the screen so that when the screen changes at all it's 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 uh, startling that was probably my golden moment
1: um I, that's a very good answer i i like that they do that again to you later and like it still got me i i wasn't like oh hmm, the gnomes again hmm? like when the when the puzzles started uh, acting up uh, the second time i was still like oh what's going on ah a gnome <laughs> oh no a gnome <laughs> i <laughs> uh, why why me <laughs>
0: I don't want to get gnomed. Not again. Uh, And then a third time, they invert it. So they've done it to you twice where a gnome comes in and tries to steal some stuff. But now they're inverting it. At the the very last puzzle of the game with Hydraulic Headache, uh, one of those directions that you can make the the things go in falls out of the machine just on its own will. A gnome doesn't do it. But then a gnome comes and helps you by throwing the button back up to you uh so it's uh an opposite
1: that's another good mystery too why do these gnomes want to help you
0: well it turns out at the end of the episode that when you come to rescue isaac davner uh you say isaac i i've saved you You, you're safe you can leave and then isaac says why and then all (laughs) of the gnomes come into the room that you just opened so, maybe oh, Isaac right. was hiding from the gnomes, and the gnomes wanted you to get to Isaac, so they helped you.
1: That's right. That's very true. Ah, it flips it on its head. It keeps it keeps you thinking.
0: There, there was also a good scene in that end bit where uh, you have a gun that you've had the whole time. You've never shot anything with it the whole game. But now there's a bunch of gnomes trying to steal Isaac Davner. So, like, yeah, now's as good of a time as any to use your gun. And you shoot the, the gnomes a bunch. And then it just shows the gnomes and like they all caught the bullets in their mouth and they just spit the bullets out.
1: They're fast moving gnomes.
0: Yeah. Um That was almost a golden moment, just gnomes spitting bullets out. That's <laughs> that's great. Um yeah, that that's that's mine.
1: Uh, I'm glad we had some really good golden moments. We had some good moments all throughout this episode.
0: Yeah, well, this has been Nelson Tether's Puzzle Agent by Telltale Games.
1: Mitch, I had a great time with this one. I had a great like, time. With I it guess too. I I guess I didn't know what to expect going into it, but it was one of those games where I was always like, "Oh, I should go back and play that." It it uh it it looked neat. I always liked the style, and now I'm glad I finally did.
0: Yeah, I think Puzzle Agent 2 is the game that I have most looked forward to playing on this podcast so far. Wow. Because um, while I really wanted to do the podcast on Strong Bad uh, so we could talk about Homestar, I had played that already. And at this point, I yeah. just want to see how this Puzzle Agent thing goes. I want to see this the story unfold.
1: I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I like that we're both going in with fresh eyes.
0: Well, if you subscribe to the podcast, you'll be given a notification when we do do that episode. It'll be next uh, you week. You
1: hear that? You hear that, guys? You can subscribe. You
0: hear that, dummies?
1: <laughs> <laughs> get on it.
0: Get get to our episode, you friends. Yeah, you we're
1: f- not... We can't baby you your whole life. You
0: weirdos. You freaks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, I feel, like, I feel like the longer this goes, the meaner we're going to become.
0: And, and if any of you... <laughs> Deviants want to review us on itunes Uh, (laughs) you
1: absolute freaks
0: you absolute loonies i will read your review on the show unless you don't want to uh have it be read but if you do want it to be read i will read it on the show uh good or bad we'll we'll take it we'll take it on the chin
1: yeah don't feel like you have to suck up to us even if we have uh even if you have all the reason to
0: yeah Uh, Like, I
1: know we have lots of gold we can give you, but don't feel like you have to only say nice things.
0: So, our collection of gold in mind. We'll see you next week.
1: So long, goodbye.